Welcome to the Living Faith Fellowship Conference podcast. The Living Faith Fellowship is a peer network of like-minded churches united under a single biblical authority and one common mission. You're about to hear a message from one of the many conferences hosted by the Living Faith Fellowship every year. We pray it's a blessing. I don't know if you can tell or not, but I'm from Alabama, and uh, and it's a joy for me to be here and, and to see you here, to come out uh, on a Monday night. Of course, this is nothing new to you guys. You, this is Certainty Conference. This is New Philly. This is, you know, I expect a full house when I come to Certainty Conference. Amen? All right. Hey, I like that. I I usually tell our church, hey, you got to amen. You get you, you amen, and we get out. And see, that's when you, that's, that's called teeing it up. Because that's usually when I get about 300 amens right there. So I'll take them any way I can get them. But I can't tell you how, how man, pleased that I am and how excited that I've been as I prepared and sought the Lord for this message and, and to be here with you guys because, man, my, my heroes of the faith. I, I mean, to be honest with you, listen, I love Certainty Conference for a lot of different reasons, but uh, this Certainty Conference has kind of been a little bit different for me because, I see, I come to New Philadelphia, Ohio to the Certainty Conference every year to get my next series of sermons and <laughs> what I'm going to preach the rest of the year. And so, man, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do now. <laughs> but, man, didn't Jeff do a great job setting everything up Sunday morning? And then Tony f- did a fantastic job last night. So see, I- I'm what you call the sandwich guy, <laughs> right? I- I'm the sandwich guy. When you set up a conference like this, you start off with a home run. Jeff hit it out of the park. Tony comes up. He hits it out of the park. And then Kenny Morgan is going to come tomorrow night. Y'all know Kenny Morgan? <laughs> Woo! That's a bad brother right there. <laughs> He's going to hit it out of the park. And then, you know, Jay couldn't be with us, and so to kind of get at least a little bit close to his magnitude, we got Brett Barlett, <laughs> you know, and, and he, you know, he's going to hit it out of the park, and, 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 and t- tonight you got me. <laughs> so you, you hear a lot of good stuff, and you hear a lot of good stuff, and hopefully all of that good stuff overlaps and overcomes what you're going to hear tonight. I'm the sandwich guy, you know. <laughs> but man, I honestly, with all my heart, I, I Jeff, thank you for um, even thinking to ask me. And uh, when 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 he asked me, I said, "Well, that's got to be of the God, of the Lord," because uh, God guiding His mind to me and His heart to me. I mean, that's just that's just an awesome thing. And man, I can't tell you how. How excited I am and how honored that I am. And Brother Mark, uh, man, every time I've been here, you've preached. And man, you know I love you. He comes to my church and preaches every year for a Bible conference other than the COVID year. And um, so I know that you kind of expect that kind of preaching. And I may not give you that kind of preaching. And so if you will pull out that kind of notes tonight... (laughs) In honor of Mark Trotter, I gave you three pages of notes. <laughs> I gave you a lot of blanks. 
Hopefully you'll stay awake. I mean, I don't think I'm as animated as he is. <laughs> Definitely not as good a preacher, but we got the notes, okay? So, hey, pull out your notes and let's get started. If you want to go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter, um, chapter 13 is where I'm going to be starting, and then I'm going to get over into chapter 14 a little bit. And, and man, I, I think tonight's going to be an encouragement to you. I really do. It's been encouraging to me studying this out and the, the truth is, I think we need some encouragement. I, I think we need to be challenged. Don't get me wrong. So I I'm, I'm definitely hope that God challenges you through his word tonight. And, and I really love how we put this conference together for the night sessions because really what we're talking about and what we're really trying to do is to help you understand that, man, these are times that we need to have faith. Yeah. We, we need to be built up in our faith. And we know, uh, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is a Bible conference. And we want to hear the word of God so that our faith can be built up. Because there is no other time like today that we need to be people of faith in a faithless world. And as we look through this Exodus story, that's really what it's about, man. It's, it's about a story of faith. It's a story of failed faith. And, and it's a story of God trying to build his people's faith and, and doing that through miraculous ways. And so these are no doubt troubling times that we're living in, very trying times with COVID and, and civil unrest and cities burning to the ground, literally, and, you know, political fights from the White House to the streets. And, man, these are just trying times, aren't they? that we're living in. For if, you, if you're a Christian, and then it's really trying times as we try to meet, and how do we meet, and good Lord, man, you don't know if this person's going to be offended by you meeting or you're not meeting. It's, a, it's just a very trying for all of us. And I remember back in March being at Oakland Heights Baptist Church at Disciple Conf, and I remember seeing President Trump just shut the thing down, and then we had to, you know, we had to stop Disciple Conference. We all went home, and I remember standing in the church before I left and saying, man, this ain't going to be that bad. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but I was so naive. I, I really was. If I have to be honest, I... I used to say in those situations, I was so stupid. And then one of my assistants said, no, you were just naive. Don't call yourself stupid. I was stupid. I was naive. What do you want to call it? But, man, maybe I was just trying to look through the world through rose-colored glasses. But I was definitely wrong, no matter how you want to say it. And the longer we go with all of these things going on in our world, I really believe among other things, that God is using this time to see or maybe even show just what kind of church he has left in this world. Now, at the beginning, I had no clue what was going on. But I'm telling you, I've learned some things over these last several months. I've learned some things about me. I've learned some things about Pleasant Grove. I've learned some things about the church in America. I've learned some things about the work of God in the world. 
And I really believe, and I don't think it's just one thing, because I think God's working on a mighty scale. But one thing I want you to think about tonight is what I just said. Is, is maybe God using this time, COVID for instance, or whatever, is he using this trying time to prove his people? And just to see how much we really do believe in him. Are we really a people of faith? And so as we think about that tonight, I, I want to move on. And if you were like me at the beginning, you, you, you didn't have the discernment enough to realize what was going on. You, you should have no doubts now that the faith of the church of God is in serious question. And it has been for months. Well, there was once another group of God's chosen people who were at cro a crossroads of faith. And, and we see them here in the book of Exodus. And, and he, he will... Uh, he is going to show us how he's dealing with this group of people, but he's also revealing how they are dealing with him. As I said, Tony did a fantastic job last night of setting the scene for us, so I'm not going to do that review for you again. But, but we do find the children of Israel miraculously saved and called out of Egypt to the promise of a new land for them. But before they get to that land, there will have to be a walk of faith. They, they're going to have to have faith that the God that called them out is the God that can lead them home. And, and that's really what he's showing us. And, and he is, he is what he, here's what he's ultimately uh, trying to get us to understand. Here, here's, what he's, here, here's what we're going to get to. God will lead us through trying times. He will do everything he said that he will do. He will lead us. He will give us all we need to follow. All we have to do is have faith in his leadership. Faith enough to follow. Because God is going to lead. Because he is a leader. And we should follow. Faith enough to follow. There will be trials along the way. But God will protect and provide and be a constant presence through it all, that is a promise that he has made to us. And we just have to walk by faith. So how does he do it, and what can we learn? Well, let's look at it. Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 through 22. And tonight I want to talk to you about following by faith. Exodus 13, verse 17. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war, and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones away hence with you. Let me tell you something. That's a statement of faith. That's a statement of faith. I'll let you do the research and go back through that and see how long of a time it was when Joseph died and when his bones left. And see how much of a statement of faith that he's just making right there. Amen? Whew. 
I don't know that cranks my tractor right there. <laughs> y'all, y'all get those things, right? I can say stuff like that, like crank my tractor. If that don't crank your tractor, something's wrong with your battery, right? Somebody, can I say stuff like that and y'all get what I'm saying? Can y'all pick up what I'm laying down? Right? This is just the introduction, man. We're going to have fun. Verse 20, and they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness, and, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night a pill, in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Tonight, I I want you to see that no matter what we face in this life, God will lead us. All we have to do is have enough faith to follow his lead. So number one, let's look at faith in the direction that he gives. In Exodus chapter 13, verses 21 through 22, that's what we see right there. And as God starts leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, he has a a certain way that he wants to go. When I do that, that means amen. I'm looking for that amen right there. You know, we can go our own way, amen? And the truth is, there's many paths that we can take in this life, but there's only one right one, and that's the one God's leading on, and he's always going to lead on the right one. And so we see right off the bat, if you look in verse 17 through 18, and it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. You know what? That could have been a better way. That actually was geographically a quicker way. To get to the promised land, but that wasn't the way because he didn't lead them that way. And, and he goes on and he says, Right here, let's peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. Boy, we don't like to go into the wilderness, do we? You know, according to some preachers that you might listen to. That ain't where God's at. Because God would never lead you to the wilderness. I mean, unless he had a plan for you. Amen? Oh, man. Now, can you imagine being an Israelite and you're processing this? I mean, you ever try to do that? You try, do, you, do you think when you read the Bible? You, you ever, you know... <laughs> Do you like ever really like put yourself there in the story? Like, what if I was an Israelite? Well, I'm not Mo- not Moses and not Aaron, and you know, just what if I was just one of those guys that just so happened to have faith enough to put blood on my doorpost and see that death angel, hear that death angel pass over, and I mean, I've seen miracles that have gone over this land. Seven these plagues that I've seen ravage my tormentors. Uh, I've just experienced Passover, and, and now they're leaving what's been home for 430 years, and, and their captors are letting them go freely. That was a miracle in and of itself. 
And, and they're, they're trying, I mean, I, could you imagine? And I mean, there's, there, you had to eat in haste. You know, Tony talked about that la- last night. And I mean, there's, not a, there's not, probably not a lot of time to get all your stuff together and really process what all is going on. Just stop for a minute and try to process that. I'm sure there is like, man, where the heck are we going? How, how in the world are we going to get there? Oh, wow, there's a pillar. Woo-hoo, I've never seen one of them before. Let's follow that thing. That's pretty miraculous. And then it turns nighttime, and all of a sudden, boom, there's a pillar of fire. Did y'all catch that? That's fire. And then, well, let's follow that thing. That's pretty miraculous. And, and you're trying to process through all this. I'm sure that it had to be a trying time of, really, are we following God? Because we see a little bit later on, they don't trust Moses. They hadn't had a good track record of trusting that guy before this either. They're going to have a really bad track record of trusting him going forward. Their faith is in serious question on even leaving Egypt where God has called them out. I mean, an absolute miracle of God is happening that they have never seen before. And they have seen miracles, but nothing like this. God is literally showing them where to go. Step by step. He's leading his people. I believe it's important to point out the grace in his leading through this time that we see in this scripture. He didn't lead them from enemy to enemy. He he didn't lead them at this point from, from war to war. Not at this point. He led them out. himself he didn't want them to go to the Philistine way he he didn't lead them to set up camp close to Egypt He, he was leading them away from the enemy he was leading them away from where the enemy lived and had his domain and he was calling them out to himself before he ever called them out to the miracle of the Red Sea I think that's important to know. I think that's God's grace. I think it was just God's grace that they didn't go the way of the Philistines. That he called them to himself. God leads them. How how does he lead them? He leads them by a pillar. He leads them by a pillar. In, In the daytime, it was a pillar of a cloud. In the night, it was a pillar of fire. And so hang on to what we just talked about in verse 17 and how God gave them grace to escape uh, Egypt. And, and, and let's move on for a moment because we, we've got to have faith, just like they needed to have faith. Faith in the direction that God is leading us. He's not led us out to defeat or destruction. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. Listen, but God is faithful. He's faithful. And, and what is he faithful in? Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but with the temptation also, listen, make a way to escape. You see, he is the way. He, he's leading us to himself when we walk with him in faith that we may be able to bear it 
He knew that the Israelites, they couldn't bear the way of the Philistines. So he called them to himself and said, follow me to the wilderness. Because that's where I'm going to show you me. I'm going to show you a different world. I'm going to show you a different way. It's your way of escape. As we follow God, we, we may not know the end destination. You know, like Abraham didn't know, but it was just called out. But listen, but we can have faith and follow God, knowing and believing that no matter where he leads us, it is going to be where he wants us to be. If we will just have faith to follow. I personally, I take great comfort in that. If I'm following by faith, then I know I'm on the right path. And it doesn't doesn't matter what the circumstances are. And, And if that is the case... The right path is going to lead me to wherever God wants me to be. And where God wants me to be is to be with him and to be close to him. It doesn't matter what the scenery looks like. It doesn't matter what the scenery is called. It doesn't matter how many potholes I have to dodge along the way. It doesn't matter how many signs are on the road trying to distract me from where I'm pointed and who I'm going after. It doesn't matter who is screaming along the road as I, as I travel by saying, hey, you're going the wrong way. Because my God is faithful. If I will have faith to follow, it's going to bless my life. Psalm 37 verse 23 says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. Psalm 40 verse 2 says, he, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock. Anybody like that in here tonight? Been in the miry clay before? <laughs> Amen. If, if you don't believe that you, 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 you're one of those people, I'm just going to tell you the truth. Yeah, you are. Because there's never been a person born that ain't been in the miry clay and needed to be lifted out and set up on the rock of Jesus Christ. And you know what he says? Look at what he says. That's wonderful, amen? But that's not the end of the verse. You know what he does after that? He establishes my goings. He gives me a way. He brings me out to show me the way to him. Now, we got to have faith in the direction. I'm sure that they questioned that. But they, at least they had enough faith to follow in that, that instance. But you know what? What will help you have faith in the direction is to really understand the director. And we got to have faith in the director. Now, obviously, we know that God is the director. He's the one given the direction. But look at what he uses to direct them. Number one is a pillar of a cloud by day. We see that in verse 21. This is the first mention of a pillar of a cloud by day. It's mentioned a couple of times in the Word of God, but this is the first mention in the Word of God of pillar of a cloud, and we find that right here in our text. And the first mention, though, uh, of a a cloud, though, I I want us to look at that because it was a pillar. We know what that is, but it was a pillar of a cloud, but it it took on another form in the night, and that was fire. And so I want to start talking about that pillar of a cloud right now and we see in Genesis chapter 9 verse 13 he he says this is the first mention of cloud in the Bible I I do set my bow in the cloud 
and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. That cloud in Genesis 9 let Noah understand that God had made a covenant to never destroy the earth again with a flood of water. The cloud directed him, Noah, to the covenant that was displayed in the bow. The last time we see the cloud in the Bible is Revelation 14 where Jesus is reaping a harvest in Revelation chapter 14 verse 6. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in the sickle on the earth and the earth was reaped. And historically before that event, there's going to be another harvest in the clouds. 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Man, this is the rapture of the church before the tribulation. And our direction will be turned to the clouds to meet somebody. We, we know that the, the word cloud has association with the second coming of Christ, and which is his appearing and fulfillment of his promise. Now, now get this. God uses the clouds. When you look at the word through the word of God and, and, and you start putting some things together, God uses the clouds to announce his presence. He also uses the clouds to make evident his promise. He uses the cloud to direct those he is leading to himself and to his truth. You see that over and over again in the scripture. In Exodus 13, he directed the Israelites away from Egypt to himself and led them to the promised land with a pillar of a cloud by day. Therefore, the cloud represents God's presence and his promise. When that thing showed up, his presence showed up and his promise. Nahum 1.3 says, And the clouds are the dust of his feet. Exodus 24.15-16, through 16, talking about Moses on the mount, and a cloud covered the mount, and the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai. His presence was there, and the cloud covered it six days, and the seventh day he called unto Moses. And guess what he's doing? He's giving him the truth. He's giving him his word. He's given them his promises. Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. As Jesus is ascending into heaven, the disciples are looking around and they're looking up and they're, they're seeing him go up and the angels come to them and they say, and, that, and the, the text tells us that a cloud received him out of their sight. And, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, which stand ye gate. Why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taking up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go up into heaven in the cloud. A cloud received Jesus out of the apostles' sight, and when we see him again, it's going to be in the clouds. He's going to be coming back at the second coming in the clouds. Jesus coming with the clouds in Mark chapter 14, verse 62. And Jesus said, I am, and you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. In Exodus 13, he revealed himself. He revealed his presence. And he fulfilled his promise to lead his people home. Through a visible cloud... 
But let me tell you something, Christian. (laughs) Today, man, I don't need a cloud. I mean, a pillar of a cloud, that'd be pretty cool. But I've got something far, far, far better than a manifestation of a cloud. I have the eternal word of the living God that I can place my faith in, his presence, and in his promises. Man, let's look at this. It's just, we have the presence of of God in his word, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word is God. We we, we have His presence every time we step into this book. We have His promises in the Word. 2 Peter 1, verses 3 through 4. In verse number 4, he he goes on. Well, in verse number 3, he says, Through the knowledge of Him, and we get that knowledge from the Word of God, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. John 16, 13, he's our guide with the word. Howbeit, when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. You see, God has provided a way through his word. And he has placed his presence there. And he has also placed his promises that we can follow, that we can have faith in, no matter what situation we find ourselves in. Even when he's calling us out to do a work for him. Let's look at this pillar of fire by night. Well, that was a strange thing. Verse 21 tells us about the pillar of fire by night. And the first mention of fire in the Bible, you know this if you've been through d2 or discipleship two, what whatever you, you call that nowadays uh you know that there's a first mention of genesis 19 24 where sodom and gomorrah brimstone and fire rains from the lord out of heaven there and god judges the sin of that city and destroys it with fire and and then the last mention in Revelation 21.8 where that final judgment comes on those sinners that are, let, that are cast into the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. And, and the last thing that God uses to judge Satan and, and all of mankind that has not followed Christ is, 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 is a place of fire. So we know that that's the second death according to Revelation 21.8. We know that with fire there's a strong, there's a strong connection to judgment in the word of God. Amen. There's a, there's a strong connection there with fire. Fire, we know, has that as a consequence to it when we study it through the Word of God. So we, we know that. But, but it's also associated with the second coming. And I don't think I put this in your notes, but Matthew, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, and Revelation all talks about the second coming and an association with fire there. But it's, it's so fire is actually, the reason I said that is, number one, so... You wouldn't think I was a kook and not attaching judgment to that thing because we all know that because we study that. But if you look and you study that out, it's re- fire is associated with a lot of things. 
It's associated with something different here. God didn't call them out to judge them with this fire. And so I think it's interesting for us to look at that because in this verse that we look at in verse 21, we're going to read in a minute, we know that it's not judgment because God put it in the text that there's a special reason for this fire. This is a special fire. And he tells us in the text exactly what it's for. Look at verse number 21, Exodus chapter 13. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way. And by night in a pillar of fire, listen, look at this, to give them light. You see, I love it when God makes it easy for southern folk like me. It's a little slow sometimes. He just told me what the fire was for. He told me it was there. You know what? I'm going to light your way. Man, I, I don't, through this study, man, I don't have the time to, to go through what light and knowledge and, and all of that is wrapped up in the Word of God. And, but that's a good study. I encourage you to do that. But God uses this fire to display His presence. He also uses fire to protect his precepts and his people is what we see right here. He uses fire to lead people to himself and his truth. No matter which side of that fire you are on, he's trying to lead and trying to light. So here fire represents God's presence and protection. Represents his presence and protection. Exodus, so just, we just go and look at the association here to fire and, and what we're trying to talk about with his presence and his protection. Think about presence and protection as we read through these verses in Exodus chapter 3, verse number 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire. And we know God that appears to Moses in that burning bush that's not consumed to announce his impending protection for his people. So he's given a promise and he's calling Moses through that. He's announcing his presence and he appeared unto him in a flame of fire. Leviticus chapter 9 verses 23 and 24 we see that the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people and there came a fire from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat and, and so God lit the fire on the altar himself. He, he manifest his presence through that fire. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 Look at these verses about that. For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire. Deuteronomy 9.3, understand therefore this day that the Lord thy God is he which goeth over before thee as a consuming fire. He shall destroy them and he shall bring them down before thy face. He's given protection there. In Isaiah chapter 30, verse 27, Behold, the name of the Lord cometh from far, burning with his anger, and the burden thereof is heavy. His lips are full of indignation, and his tongue is a devouring fire. He's going to protect what's his. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 8, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in a Flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
We see fire associated with his presence and his protection many, many times in Scripture. And in Exodus chapter 13, God displayed that to them through the pillar of a fire to give light to his people. But today, we don't need a pillar of fire because we have something much, much, much better in the Word of God. Man, and I pray that it burns in, in your heart. We have his presence in the light of his word. 1 John 1, 5 through 7. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you. We have his protection in the light of his word. Proverbs 2, 6 through 8. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler. To them that walk uprightly, he keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. He's protecting them in the way by his word. He, he will guide us through the light of his word. Psalm 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He guides me step by step. I can have faith not only in the direction, but I can have faith in the director. By the word of God, that he has told me that as much as I get in that word, so my faith will be built. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I'm never lost along the way when I'm in his word. And I know what's going on. I know this is going to, to bring deliverance, no matter what the situation is that I find myself in. No matter what situation, whether it be sickness, you know, God forbid that any of us would get COVID, but the truth is, if I know Jesus Christ as my Savior, he will deliver me one way or the other. And I can have faith in that. And, and the thing is, I mean, it's interchangeable. It don't matter whether it's cancer doesn't matter whether it's accident. It doesn't matter what happens in this life. It doesn't matter who's president. It's not based upon my race or my relation to the race next to me. My deliverance is based upon the word of God. My protection is when I come into his presence, he gives me my protection. That I can have faith in what he says. And just live that. Man, I, I'm just an old city, country boy, a small city. What would you say? Where, where is Tony? Tony skipped tonight. He said, man, I got enough last night of good preaching. <laughs> it was either that or smoking out fronts, brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I, I went with that. So you're right, 5,000. I'm 3,500. I win. Yeah. So that, that costs you dinner tomorrow. You'll buy it here, right? So, yeah. I hate it when I answer my own questions and make myself look stupid. Man, I, I, I don't know a lot about COVID. I mean, I've, I've read some websites and 
there's a lot of things in this life that I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot about politics. I know a little bit, but I, I don't know a whole lot about a lot of things, but I do know one thing, and my God is able, and this ain't my home. And so I'm going to get to that in just a minute. I need to move on. I was about to start preaching right there, but I need to stop. <laughs> All right, so let's look at faith in deliverance. Not only do we need to have faith in the direction and faith in the director, but, you know, we need to have faith in deliverance because we see this being challenged in these people as they move out in Exodus chapter 14. If you look at Exodus chapter 14, verses 9 through 14, now, I think that, Kenny is going to be talking about chapter 14, so I'm not just going to preach this or, or, or explain this. I'm just going to give us background to kind of set up the next point, okay? But look with me. It's a, it's a lengthy passage of Scripture, but I want us to get it in our mind and in our heart. Read it with me, if you will. Exodus chapter 14, starting in verse number 9. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, and his horsemen, and his army, and overtook them encamping by the sea beside that place, <laughs> before that place. See, I, I know how to pronounce it, but y'all would never say I pronounced it right with my southern accent because y'all wouldn't get it right anyway. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. Boy, this sounds like this is going to be a good thing. Man, they're looking up to heaven. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? You see, they don't understand who they're following. They think they're following Moses when they should be following God. God was leading Moses. But ultimately, listen, they were following the Lord. But they blame Moses. And they start to question they think they're going to die in the wilderness. In verse 13, and Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. After they said that it would be better for us to stay in Egypt and serve the Egyptians than to die out here. But he says, Hey, boy, what a gracious guy. Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show, you, to, show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Man, whew. Again, we see that the pillar of a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, that's leading them. But as they continue to move on and follow God, now the scenery's changed. You see, he didn't take them the way of the Philistines because he didn't want them to get into war and get discouraged and go back to Egypt. So guess what? He didn't lead them to the war, but the war followed them. So he's still leading them by 
pillar of a cloud by day and fire by night. He's taken them away from the war there, the way of the Philistines, but now he's led them surrounded by earth with the sea in front of them and Pharaoh and his army at their back. What a picture of our place right now in this world with the world on every side and a sea that we cannot cross without some miraculous delivery. And the old dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan and his army at our back, snipping on our heels. By the way, there, there's only one human ever called a dragon in the Bible, Ezekiel 29.3, Pharaoh. And when it seemed all hope was lost, the deliverer, the deliverer stepped in. Now check this out. They had fear in the presence of opposition in Ezekiel, I'm sorry, in Exodus chapter 14, verse number 12. And what they needed was faith in the promise of protection. God had already promised to deliver them. He had already promised them long before. Remember Joseph? Remember that promise he reminded them of? Hey, man, make sure you don't leave my bones over here because one day God's going to lead us out. He was reminding them. But they didn't have faith in the promise of protection. Moses said, fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. As they stood in fear of losing their lives to Pharaoh and his army, God gave them his word that he would protect them. And not only would he protect them, he would fight for them and defeat their enemy for them. As, as the children of Israel get God's promise, I, I want you to watch how he answers that promise. Look at Exodus chapter 14, verses 19 and 20. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, the Egyptians, but it gave light by night to these, those children of Israel, so that the one came not near the other all the night. I believe with all my heart the angel of God is Jesus Christ. Now I want you to get this in your head, man. Again, man, this pillar of a cloud by day and pillar of fire by night, they've been leading you this whole way. Now, obviously, it's been more than a day because the, the fire had to light the night, so they had to light the way through the night, right? So we know this has been for a little bit of time. So now they're coming down through here, and guess what? They're at a place where they can't go forward anymore without a deliverer coming down and literally taking them across the sea. There's nowhere else to go. And here we got Pharaoh and all of his chariots and all of his horses and all of his strength and all of his power and all of his might bearing down on their back. And they look up and they go, whoa! Now look, Pharaoh's back here. Let me do it this way. Pharaoh's back there. Y'all are not Pharaoh's army. (laughs) Just make the illustration a little bit better. We're pointed this way. The sea's in front of us. Guess what? There's a pillar of a cloud there. Well, guess what? Now God says, guess what? There's an angel of God. 
And where he was leading them forward, now, he guess what? From the front, he, he goes to the back. And then that cloud that they can see that they've been following, all of a sudden, it goes around, and now it comes, and it's standing to the back. And it's standing in between the army of Pharaoh and the Red Sea. And they literally see God's hand moving to protect them. I mean, man, I really never thought about that until I studied this. And I was like, dude, they saw it happen. I mean, how cool would that be? To be able to see your deliverance. And and how God is working that whole thing out. Back in your notes, Jesus stands between his people and the enemy. The angel of God, listen, which went before the camp. He went to their weakest point and he held that point. So that the strength and all the power and all the might and all the army of the enemy couldn't break through. And Jesus separates his people from the enemy. In Exodus chapter 14, verse number 20, he he came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Jesus screens the enemy, but reveals himself to his people. You see, what the Israelites saw, the Egyptians could not. Because God reveals himself and his presence to his people. And it was a cloud and darkness to them. The Egyptians, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. The Egyptians, they couldn't see. The Israelites, they could see, but they didn't go near them because they could see. <laughs> Amen? Boy, doesn't this, again, man, I, I don't have time to go through it all, but boy, doesn't this, doesn't this book illuminate and light our way? To see spiritual things that others can't see? Man, doesn't this reveal, listen, Jesus Christ and his promise and his person? So that when the army of the world is bearing down on us, we can, we can take, have peace. And we don't have to fear. Jesus stands between his people and the enemy. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says, But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Jesus separates his people from the enemy. John 17.14-17 is Jesus is praying there and he's praying for his disciples that I believe now can also apply to us. I've given them thy word and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. But listen, now he's going to separate, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You see, he's trying to separate a people to himself. He's standing in between. He's keeping us from the evil. But he also screens the enemy and reveals himself to us. 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 14. 
Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. And we know this is talking about the word of God here and the spirit of God and how he leads us and reveals himself to us. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Listen to this. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Jesus is screening us from the world. Listen, through the pillar of a fire... I'm sorry, through a pillar of a cloud by day, through the pillar of fire by night, through the angel of God, we see that God is providing for his people. And today, we've got the word of God. We've got the word of God. We're surrounded by the world on all sides. There is a sea that we cannot cross in this body. We need a deliverer. That's going to have to make a way for us through an impossible land. And the army of the enemy is ever-present, bearing down and trying to kill us. But there's Jesus. There's his word. That we can have faith in, that we can have trust in. I love what 2 Peter 1, 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto ye do well that ye take heed. I think that's a great message for the church today. This is a word that we would do very well to take heed in this day. As unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Boy, this this book will give you some light, man. We can and should have peace in every situation. There's only one circumstance that will rob the church of their peace. There's only one thing that's going to detour that and rob the Christian of that peace and blur his vision of that blessed hope. And that is a lack of faith. Do you have peace today? It's got to come from somewhere. Either you're not, you don't have faith in the direction. God forbid, but maybe, maybe you don't really have a lot of faith in the director. Or maybe you're not resting in the Lord and understanding and having faith in the deliverance that he has promised. That's for you to decide. Where, where are you? I've got to decide that for myself. 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I mean, why do I, why do I need to be afraid in this world of what's going on in our nation or what's going on in the world in general? Why can I not come to church? Why, why can I not go to someone's house and share Jesus Christ with them. Why can't I not get with someone and disciple? 
when I see people, well, we had our, we had our, our homecoming in a town of 3,500 is a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's so big, the preacher's got to be there. It's amazing how we can go down to the square and we can watch all them kids and everything and celebrate homecoming, but we're too afraid to come to church. What? At, listen, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm preaching now, all right? You got a faith problem. It's not a, listen, can I, can, I, can I boil it all down to you so we're simple people like me can understand? It's not a fear problem that you have. It's a faith problem that you have. Because if you get your faith right, it extinguishes your fear. Man, in this life of uncertainty, man, let us not be undecided. But let us say, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Guys, we're near the end. There's no doubt about that. COVID, election, civil unrest, come what may, our Lord isn't going to, he isn't going anywhere, but we are. So let's quit trying to make this our home. Let's, let's quit building our kingdom here when there is a much greater kingdom that awaits. Man, why in the world would we want this to be our home? Have you not lived here long enough? Man, I mean, we call Alabama the promised land, but still, man, I want to I get out of here. Roll Tide. See, I say that to the end so they would hear everything before. I want to leave you with this. God's got the battle. Just walk in faith. Have peace. Take comfort. And man, let's get to work and see what God does when we can't. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. And God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit directing us and guiding us so we can know it and understand because we know that he is going to talk about you and it's going to help us understand you more. And Lord, it's... It's a difficult time that we live in, and you know that. Nothing's taken you by surprise. God, I pray that you would help us to understand the truths of your word, to walk in faith and not by sight. Help us to understand that it's not going to get better. It's not going to get better. And we don't need it to get better because we have you, and we have a hope beyond this world that's far greater than what we're living in right now. God, we, we don't pray for evil. We don't pray for bad. We just pray that you would give us faith in the evil and the bad that goes on. And give us the faith to stand and work for you. Because there's people who don't have our faith. There's people who don't have hope, the hope that we have. 
God, help us to never lose sight of that, no matter what's going on. And God, help us to have faith to get busy working for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If you're interested in learning more about the Living Faith Fellowship, visit lffellowship.com. God bless.